every challenge brings a new opportunity that's what entrepreneurship is and always been and this is no different a challenge than what we might have faced so i think every entrepreneur should have to have a mindset saying how do i come out of this stronger not the same mm. right not worry about the impact but worry about how do i learn adapt and come out stronger Jaspreet thank you so much what are you seeing what has been the last 3 months for you and take us through what druva is up to and and what you're seeing in the market right now the market is um, uh, very uh, unpredictable right now as you all seen it the pandemic has <clears throat> thrown a lot of assumptions out of table i think uh, there is yeah. clearly a, a black swan event of uh, you know what, uh, what someone has called it earlier nothing like this we have seen before yeah. what we seeing in the market um is mixed i think <clears throat> one definitely even though there's economic impact the public markets are going up significantly um people are showing amazing resiliency towards the pandemic you know people are working hard and getting things done and stuff like that is going along um, as a company i think uh, this is although this is a pretty bad trend for the industry as a company we fairly resilient to it actually we will accelerate our, our growth this year uh you know and uh, given uh, the circumstances the company faces i think we will will grow really really well this year and accelerate and, and become stronger it's unfortunate as an event but uh, we will do really well tell us about druva and what has the last few years meant and specifically on on what premise are you saying that uh, the fundamentals are strong and you see a growth coming good growth coming yeah, i think the last um, i think druva has seen like three major pivots in its journey and i think i've spoken about it multiple times the company we started is no longer the company we actually operate we've done almost three u turns or three pivots through the early years of druva so last 6 7 years i would say we started building the product which we are building which is selling now which is all about you know, protecting your data from a sort of a cloud centric point of view a, a saas platform to protect your data um and and we were very very early in the market as an entrepreneur you get paid to make bets nobody else would make so uh, we we placed a very big bet on saying hey the the world will think very differently about data the world will think very differently about cloud uh, it won't be about you know uh, building and selling software or hardware it will be about building a saas platform which could holistically uh, protect data and that bet really really paid off it now seems obvious but at that time we were the only one doing it now we have a bunch of copycats trying to capture so the last several years slowly and steadily we have built a robust platform which would uh, across the enterprise be it your end user devices be it your data center or cloud apps uh, your workloads in the cloud be able to protect uh, the whole life cycle of data from from backups to archives to disaster recovery now we have two side of a business the first side tends to focus on uh, end users uh with their laptops and 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 and, and office 65 or but that sort of business and second uh part of the business is about you know infrastructure being in data center or being in um, in cloud workloads right so uh, uh given covid what has happened is people are working remotely so the need to protect human data being in office 65 or endpoint is gone up there's also with the remote working the ransomware attacks and cyber resiliency overall has gone up if people wanted to make sure employees are safe but the data is also 
not under surveillance and 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 they can get their work done effectively um that has really sort of helped us grow that part of business uh very well on the on the intra side we're the only one sort of selling a, a saas solution so everybody else in the market had a very hardware centric approach saying let's just ship you a box and that will take care of your data uh what has happened is with the supply chain issues uh, most hardware companies are dependent upon you know uh china uh, pretty much to sort of build their hardware mm-hmm. there's no touching in the us or anywhere in the world <clears throat> for those specific hardware so the supply chain impact uh has majorly impacted our competition to do anything and 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 the customer has also realized that this is a good time to think about cloud so the the two years of digital transformation pretty much happened in two months uh so people really really thought hard about cloud like really can't hug my hardware anymore uh and that has propelled us you know uh, almost multi year forward uh so so as i said it's an unfortunate event but internally personally i have a philosophy and internally my philosophy is saying never waste a good crisis uh you know the, the, which which means that this is a bad time but let's just do the best out of it and come out stronger not yeah. just the same but stronger right so that has helped us really really well to not just succeed but actually grow out of it much much more stronger than we than we ever were if you had to from your lens say that you know these are two three things that we did and i did uh, which has got the company to where it is and and today it's such a phenomenal global uh, uh, story what would those be i think ultimately no, no matter what an entrepreneur may sell you there is a a, a good chunk of luck Uh, no matter how great your wings are right mm. uh, if you if you got to jump off a mountain to glide the wind has to be there mm. right you must time the winds right you must time the mm. waves right so mm. so the entrepreneur cannot size the entrepreneur cannot create the waves they can time the waves and they can time the wind right mm. so in that circumstance what do you do if if you really have to time the waves you know what the entrepreneur can, can what they can do is discipline to be ready right uh, you you really cannot you know, the product market fit is the is the most important thing and you have to constantly build and uh, and refine it right when you really can't change the markets what you can really do is persistent and disciplined to be ready and that's what druva did uh, all throughout we were always thinking critically of ourselves we were always thinking critically of the market and just the just the discipline to be you know you see a surfer Uh, you know surfing beautifully on a wave what you don't see is that two are he spent paddling just to watch the wave and if the wave is too small he's going to crash too big he's going to crash right so uh, how do you perfectly do that and how do you keep on paddling so uh, persistence is quite underrated right uh, everything which goes really good with you is your your great luck everything which goes bad is market timing right but i think between those the entrepreneur has to be extremely persistent extremely calculative about the moves the market is going to make the bets they are going to take uh, and and you can you know the bets they're going to take to really size the market shape the market and, and grow towards it uh, that's one thing and 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 then there are sort of the, the the fundamentals right you must work harder than people you know you must uh, be always be curious and 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 have keen eye for you know what's happening and why it's happening you must listen you must you know build a great network of people you must read books all this classic stuff still happens to be true but the product market fit uh how you constantly watch the market how you constantly define the market 
is exceptionally important uh, to any entrepreneur's journey. Outside of that, there's a huge amount of luck which nobody wants to talk about. What is the new narrative? What is the new uh, 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 trend that you are seeing and you are sitting at the heart of where all the innovation, you know, we see the epicenter of innovation. What are some of the new trends that you're picking up right now? The new normal, right? Where people are working, going to be working from home. And, and we hear most of the companies in US, in at least where you are, have said that they, they are going to be working from home for the next one year. So we see a bunch of trends. We see some short-term trends for one year. We see some long-term trends, you know, four to five years. You know, and you have to build a probabilistic model about saying which one of these will come true and, and work accordingly, right? So the short-term trends are uh, the, the sort of the the, the the digital transformation, right, from both a, a workforce perspective. So how would my workforce be more resilient? And also from a business perspective, right? You used to go to office and take care of your infrastructure, your servers and, and, and everything else every day, right? And you used to go and see people, right? So your transformation, digital transformation of, employee base and your how you deliver services be it online be it you know uh, how do you deal your customers how do you build supply chain i think all those things will happen rapidly in the next one mm. year i think we're going to see a, a huge amount of cloud uh, we're going to see a, a huge reduction in reliance upon old legacy ways of data center so that's going to happen uh, pretty pretty rapidly uh, i think uh, we are seeing a huge uptick in um, with this, I think the cost of cloud, the innovation in cloud will also come down dramatically. We're also mm. seeing a, a major uptick in uh, sort of uh, security concerns coming from, say, privacy uh, or, or other areas where people will have uh, most governments are becoming more nationalistic uh, you know, across the globe. It's just not a, a country phenomenon. And, most, and when that happens, you know, it's going to be my data and, and privacy becomes extremely important to a state, to a country, to a government, to a business. So uh, all the privacy-related requests, all the uh, security around, you know, what is mine, what is confidential, what is public, uh, that definitions of data will start to emerge uh, more, right? So people can't just simply, you know, build applications, store data. They have to really understand who it belongs to, uh, who must act upon it, uh, who must protect it, who must retain it. So data lifecycle, privacy, security, those elements gets get much, much more stronger in the short term. I would say next year or two years, that becomes extremely likely, right? Uh, on the other side, there's some amazing innovation happening, right? Uh, what's happening with, uh, you know, ARM-based microprocessors, uh, machine learning. Uh, there's a amazing trends happening, storage cost. So if you, if you map those trends, it's impossible to sort of, it's going to be a massive reduction in compute storage over 50, 60% annually for the next several years to come. So that is a huge opportunity for businesses to innovate uh, and out-innovate their competition. Right? Over the four to five years, I think we see a few interesting trends. I think uh, on the business side, uh, you know, uh, take US for example, right? Uh, there's a, there's a almost a, 700 billion to 2 trillion, give and take, based on which numbers you trust and what data source you go, is spend on, you know, U.S. Army and you know the the the, the all the defense of a country, right? Uh, they are almost uh, sort of uh, 700,000 people, uh, active military personnel, 
for the country, there are actually equally or more people in reserve forces, right? Mm. So you spend a huge amount of money on on defense. Uh, every country does, right? And uh, but the next threat is likely not going to be a, a war. Next threat is likely going to be a cyber attack or a, a bio. Uh, COVID nineteen could have been a security threat. It was not, but it could have been. Right? Yeah. So, right. People would now think that hey, if if a, a, it's a it's more likely to have a pandemic in ten years versus a war in hundred years, right? Um, should I be having reserve forces of army or should I be a reserve forces of doctors and nurses, right? Yeah. How should I think about my uh, how should I think about my reserve or investment in medical equipment, life sciences? So I think you'll see uh, either a shift in dollars from predominantly a physical security, which countries have been doing, to more a cyber security and biosecurity uh, that will shift dollars and in how industries build, uh, spend, and government spending is still a, a big factor into how economy does. Like in GDP, a huge factor is how much government spending happens. Uh, so uh, I think that will shift how, how businesses evolve and adapt to what next several years to come and, and that sort of plays a big role into how we think about security uh, when it comes to data for, for a long period of time. How do you navigate the different data definitions that are emerging? Are you well placed that whatever the definitions, the politics of the country and the narrative of the country will define to you know cut across and build uh, infrastructure and solutions for uh, the countries, the companies? That's a, that's a norm. And, and yes, uh, see, I see in every difficulty like that an opportunity, right? So mm. as an entrepreneur, right? My, 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 my job is to make money out of issues, right? <clears throat> so uh, whenever, I think most countries, most uh, large enterprises would want to be global, yet act local for the right jurisdiction. And it should be done, right? Right or wrong, that's a norm, right? And I think that it's it's it, I think it's 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 probably appropriate for the country to be concerned about citizens' data. Right? It's a that's nothing wrong with that. So historically, people have been sort of you know you know I'll probably give an example to make my point. Right? So uh, Thomas Edison, you know, uh, I forgot the exact year, you know, was was trying to work on this electric bulb, right? And and, uh, and J.P. Morgan, senior J.P. Morgan. He came to his house and said, I've heard great things about you. You're a great scientist. Let me fund it, fund your first bulb, right? Uh, and Thomas says, it's already built. I just need people to see it. And J.B. Morgan said, you know, why don't you light my house up on 31st of December? And you're going to show the world what electricity can do, right? And then we'll take orders and build electricity and, and bulbs and everything for them. 31st December came. They did a huge gala event. People came from all over the blocks to the big house and gave multiple orders to J.P. Morgan and, and went back, right? Next day, I think the, the, the day after or the week after, you know, uh, Nikola Tesla did a, showed that AC current can kill an elephant, right? So there's a huge risk factor in in in, in the electric current. And J.P. And Morgan came to listen and said, hey, I like the idea of relighting up a house, but my wife doesn't like it, right? Um, is it possible that we put that generator thing in your house, right? And I can just lease it from you. I don't want to blow up my backyard. Like my kids are young and stuff like that. And Edison, that's a great idea. We could be leasing electricity and they build GE. Right? So what has what has happened to IT and data is that people have been building solutions themselves and blowing up their backyards. Right? IT should be leased. Data should be leased in, in most circumstances. It's, a, it's too complicated a topic to be 
every company will be building themselves for every jurisdiction now right? yeah so here, so here comes cloud right so what cloud does in drivers thinking is it's not a tech wave as much as people think it's a tech wave but beyond tech it's a business narrative that hey if you need an sla if you need to do something i'm going to sell you that sla at a fixed price across the globe don't worry about it right with with best laws and best uh, local adherence to effectiveness or whatever you care about right so we are we are the way where people are saying hey you want all these laws to be taken care of in 10 different countries mr customer we can take care of you because we are based on aws we can actually host your data in localized jurisdiction we understand those laws to really take care of make sure all these laws are taken care of you don't have to build buy build custom solutions and and be blowing your backyard right that's one right second is to our to our benefit we're not a processor of data we're not process data like credit card companies we store data for them like a custodian of data right so it's an opportunity for us because customers saying hey backup has been something i've been just holding bunch and bunch of data right um without doing anything with it it's a graveyard for my data but you understand uh, every single thing happened in the company because we've been accumulating all the data about me so long can you give it back to me or lease it back to me so i can make it useful right so uh, we are in a market that we will yes we will take your data happily as a as a backup provider and give it back to you whenever you need it right so in that whole thinking we are thinking you know what are the possibilities of of this data we have 150 petabyte in our cloud we're going to be exabyte data in our cloud in 2 to 3 years the, the pace we are growing so this exabyte data is worth something to 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 customers so we are finding interesting ways to saying how do we help the customers monetize this data they've been storing with us for all the while to really help the business grow yeah uh, so that's been a, a interesting journey for us you will have some of the biggest and the most powerful competitors but rubas clearly stayed the course led the course do you know how do you think that duba is going to continue the momentum and the lead that it already has yeah in the in the you know one of the interesting books i follow consistently the art of the war and sanzu says that you know never besiege a, a fort right uh, let the enemy come to you it's going to take multiple months to besiege a fort break the walls you're going to spend too many resources you know let let the enemy come to you so i think uh, you know that's that's our philosophy that we have built uh, we going to take bets we we strongly feel about and can grow our business very very well this is the the market the area we do you know we do more than 10 million backups a day now right so we have a six sigma efficiency on cost security handling and manipulation of data and this the next player is 100th our size of what we do right so uh, let them come to us competition is great we, it will keep us on our toes we can't make a mistake and we have to watch and wait for them to make mistakes they will learn from us and move faster than we did so we have to keep the pace and keep on growing uh but i think uh, we are very comfortable in this market and and the idea of competition actually helps you build the market because yeah. if if one guy is saying so it's like hey one guy is saying so could be good but if the five guys saying so and one guy is really good must be something interesting um i think recently there was a there was a press article one of our largest competition called us out saying hey this is the most aggressive company they've seen in a while um you know the largest player in our market the ceo said in an interview so uh yeah we we will making a very strong aggressive lean forward push let them come to us and uh 
and you just have to lead with innovation persistence perseverance and let them copy let them let them fail let them learn that's how old is the daring of the dream and the daring of building something you know which is a competing ground for the best in the world an indian guy and an indian company going and doing that how does that happen yeah i think the world is a lot more flat than it was 10 15 years ago i remember in my first job in veritas uh, um you know my my counterpart sitting when i was in pune my counterpart in us had um you know 5x bigger machine better peers better peers in terms of knowledge right um uh, uh, those who have been in the company for longer uh, so the learning curve for that person was much better and i used to always feel that you know i'm resource constrained i'm constrained by those conversations i could be having right not anymore i think uh, <clears throat> the world is a lot more flat there is uh, there is internet for delivery there's no you're not just constrained by traditional distribution methods there's cloud for innovation there's mobile everybody has the same resources of cloud for mobile for internet to for you know building an online business so that really creates a flat world right so uh, i think the the audacity and strength comes from you know how much you believe in your dream if if you really believe in your dream if you really believe in your mission right um you don't fear anything you don't you're not you're not afraid much more because all you want to focus on is that dream right and and back to even your last question right i was thinking again about like <clears throat> going deep in in solid right i think all businesses are built upon one unfair advantage right and uh, it's a it's a reliably it's a reliably durable unfair advantage right and rest everything are features and fit and finish it can take forever right but and it's same same as your business right and the unfair advantage in your business is how you, did you challenge the you probably one of the best journalists we know right in india how did you challenge the 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 status quo of you know if you watch a india news channel it's a it's a, it's a soap opera every single evening there's no, there's no news in there right <clears throat> the unfair advantage is is your thinking and how did you creatively think about a, a new form of journalism and when you when you have a dream when you have a passion and you think about one unfair advantage and you put put your energy behind it that's just just imitating people will catch on but the advantage is 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 yours and your your yours to follow and yours to build especially in this your space enterprise saas data where you know we don't discuss about empathy as much how do you look at empathy in this new normal world Yeah, great question uh, and and again very very critical uh, both for your employees and your customers um, you know I, i myself in a receiving end you, you know me and my wife we have a we have a two year old right so she and she works at a startup as well right and and so managing the little one managing her job my job you know and there's no school and no daycare and no no sort of uh, traditionally in an indian household you have parents to really you know help out or some 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 other extended family members and we had nobody here so um, it, it so i could relate to the fact that you know all everybody who was a young parent and employees and, and people were socially distant uh, it's 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 a uh, we made a conscious effort that hey rather than talking about coming back to work let's just talk about how we going to do better as a company staying where we are doing what we do right so empathy towards employees is very very important and same for customers right uh, you know how do you make sure if someone's business is impacted uh, we you help them reduce cost you help them take care of thing and that's the beauty of a business you know you're not stuck by a 
We don't have a fixed cost in our business, and we are more than happy to help customers reduce their costs and reduce their their, their bill as well. Right? Uh, we we launched, for example, a feature for our customers called Storage Analytics. We, we showed them what they're storing with us, and do they really care to store that? Right? Uh, we help them tag data and say, hey, I'm storing these five. You know, for example, if a production company is storing five movies, hey, I'm I'm storing so much for for this movie. Uh, called Ice Age 3, and I'm storing this movie this much for, you know, uh, for you know, something which is new, like Frozen. So should I be paying more for Frozen or more for Ice Age 3, right? So help them analyze data and how much they're paying for it, really help them reduce their consumption, really help them reduce their bill. And I'm sure as they come out this is stronger, they will see this as a benefit and then, you know, extend this model quite a lot. We had quite a bunch of retailers as customers. We had large, you know, we, two or three largest hospitality companies that drove our customers. Um, so those, I think we really helped to make sure we gave people a mandate to really proactively help and see what we can do. And I'm sure, uh, you know, it will pay off dividends both to them and to us in the long run. Yeah. Uh, so th- I think it's very, very important from both internal and external perspective to be mindful uh, of these situations and, and do the right thing. What will you tell professionals and what will you tell uh, uh, you know, people who are working in technology, innovation and startup space, how do you stay relevant and how do you stay competitive and how do you stay ahead in a world which is so, so, so uncertain? Every challenge brings a new opportunity. That's what entrepreneurship is and always been. <clears throat> this is no different a challenge than you know, what we might have faced. So, so I think every entrepreneur should have, should have a mindset saying, how do I come out of this stronger, not the same, mm. right? Not worry about the impact, but worry about how do I learn, adapt, and come out stronger? How do I use this? It is it is going to be bad. It is a brutal time for the market, for people who are losing lives and who are losing money. Uh, yet, as an entrepreneur, how do I make sure? I don't have to benefit from it, but how do I make sure that internally, I restructure my thinking, my company, so actually become you know more resilient but even come out stronger from from learning like this right uh, and and you know th- there's a whole notion of anti-fragility right that people used to fast fasting actually makes you stronger people used to you know uh, diseases make you stronger right so you build the immunity right so human body and human mind are actually anti-fragile we actually gain from this from disorder and chaos right so that's the mindset for business has to be that how do you gain from chaos, not lose to it? What are some of the milestones that you're looking at in the next one or two years? Yeah, great question. I think of life as mostly milestones. I don't have a, a long standing goal in front of me. Uh, I think of most things in business and life as milestones. But yeah, the, the next, uh, we, the next we, we, I think we can, we have a, a great opportunity to sort of almost double our revenue in the next two years. Like we already passed $100 million we could double our revenue in the next two, two and a half years. So you're seeing a rapid growth in business and maturity in business. So my next two years focus is to sort of make sure we hit the 200 million-ish mark in, in two, two and a half years uh, and focus really, really well on, uh, you know, uh, at this point, execution within the company is the crux of it, right? We must execute better than anybody else in the market. We already have the best solution. We must, must work harder and more diligently, right? Uh, <clears throat> That's sort of the internal mindset, right? And the, 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 the rallying cry in the company is velocity, right? How do we 
get a new customer, a new logo faster from from uh, both you know uh, marketing, sales, internal perspective. So we are just that's the whole mantra that how do we excel in this market naturally as we as we go and do that it does create you know multiple possibilities for shareholders and employees uh, ipo is a very relevant possibility uh, you know uh, the, the private markets are not bad private you know there are more and more money coming to private markets uh, you know so so a logical equity event whatever appropriate you know all those opportunities open up as we keep on growing so from a shareholder milestone that's a that's a major milestone right uh, and, and even employees <clears throat> from a from a customer point of view i think uh, you know th- th- there are many many interesting opportunities ahead of us the, the, from new workloads coming to life new regulations coming to life and uh, we have a very very aggressive and interesting roadmap to sort of uh, you know keep on growing uh, and helping customers in that whole intersection of data and and security and resiliency if you have to look at very honestly very nakedly at your own journey and say you know if i look back these are some of the things i did right and these are the things some of the things i learned interesting i think i think uh, right and wrong are point in time right you have yeah. to understand the circumstances to understand right and wrong um yeah. what are the fundamentals learning of god uh, which are sort of consistently true uh, i think I've, i've made plenty of mistakes i've made more mistakes than um obviously i would have liked but more mistakes than probably most of my competition the idea is to how do you make this the x number of small mistakes to avoid the large, the big one right so uh, multiple right i think uh, drava started off as a complete different company how do you size the market how do you time the market i made multiple mistakes there um how much you uh, you know how much you how when you i think I've, i've raised quite a bunch of money and my learning in the whole which is which is probably a lot of entrepreneurs want to think about you just don't need to convince the market about your idea right venture capitalists are less less likely to do venture anymore right just need that one believer in you who 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 uh, who sort of will believe in your idea and put money behind it it's a, it's a market of one right and i was lucky to have sequoia back us very very early when shilinger believed in the company when nobody else would right so it's a, it's a market of one right? and when when you're doing well money is commodity but when when you really have starting early uh, it's not you're not trying to convince the market you're just trying to get people who believe in you faster yeah right? so uh, but you still must listen right? it's this not a question saying hey i'm going to be adamant and doing what i do you still must listen you still must uh, iterate and innovate but you know maybe don't take criticism from people who who you wouldn't take advice from right so believe in yourself believe in what you're doing as well and and, and try to innovate as fast as you can um you know besides that i think uh, i've made mistakes in market timing i've made mistakes in hiring uh, you you must hire hiring is so essentially critical right hiring the people you hire are are exceptionally critical to build the business and you must hire people who are athletes who are best as ahead of them Uh, success based bias is pretty big in hiring you hire people who you've been successful in the past it doesn't mean anything it could be beneficial for a random event right you must hire people who can contribute to your journey and the best is in your company ahead of themselves not not behind themselves right so i think they, they are, it's a probably a much much longer conversation with many men <laughs> from your cheat sheet what i am curious to know 
what do you from your lens think you've done right things that you've consistently done right uh what i've consistently done right uh i think um what i got what i really did benefit from and i did hope i did right was uh i think surround myself with a really amazing people from an advisor board member shareholder perspective and that really really helped me um i think mm. since early on i've been the beneficiary of some great people who came to help me um and and often times sort of humility creates that path right that your 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 humility you you are curious you want to look out take out help and you seek out and you people who are willing to help um you know and uh, in in a couple of months ago uh, i i called up michael dell and i wanted to help from him and when he helped out right so yeah. people you have to be you have to be clear about your dream you have to be bold enough to ask and uh, you know and 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 be willing to take help wherever appropriate uh, so i think uh, i consistently uh, believed in people i'm hiring or i'm taking help from that really really help persistence perseverance sizing of market timing of market product market fit uh, be bold be aspirational those things are extremely extremely important and and uh, yeah you're right i think i think uh, silicon valley or you know valley as you call it is extremely close knit so seeking help is extremely easy uh, there's a strong bonding of entrepreneurship you know 70% people are here are, are immigrants right so one country other so in the entrepreneurship community so helps a lot to sort of bond and build what is money what has money meant to you i think uh, there there's a certain amount of money which will really help you to get freedom right freedom from planning day to day thinking day to day beyond that it's just a number which is a hygiene factor right that money sort of uh, in a way if you have to gamify success right if you have to gamify success money is a good gamification for success right okay how do i prove i've been successful in the very most material sense of business right i know success has many dimensions and in the philosophical level i'm not not going there i think in the realm of business and entrepreneurship success has uh, money has a great gamification to to that right uh, so i think every entrepreneur should strive to make enough to gain that independence that independence of money gives you more risk appetite so you can take bigger and better risk in life beyond that it's a gamification number to to measure a success um on the business um i know you asked this question uh, when you exchange emails that you know how do i treat personally money uh, you know personally after you gain certain amount of freedom you know i, I think i have so much risk in drawa uh, and i have so much stake in drawa that i treat most of my personal investment from a risk appetite reduction perspective rather than growth perspective right that's my personal philosophy on investment of personal capital because i've mm. already have a big risk in in intrava and big upside intrava what are you doing to engage with young entrepreneurs who will be the next just free here in india who might be coding building something interesting are you engaging doing something are you investing in startups as much as i can because <laughs> i uh, obviously would love to help out there are uh, x number of people who i am in uh that would right so again uh, people have to be careful i may not be helpful to a, a whole lot of entrepreneurs right people have a success bias that hey if this speed did well he must teach me something it's not true i may not teach people to teach anything 
right? Because your business is very different, your time is very different, and have very different domain and experience and everything. So it has to be a good match of, you know, where the entrepreneur feels it's a good path to learn, and I must feel that I have something relevant to teach. Right? So, um, otherwise, you know, I could be just be a, a guy who just got lucky and, and nothing to do with your domain, right? So, uh, so there are X number of people I engage with. Um, I'm not in a board. I'm not an advisor. I don't. I don't do that stuff because I, you know, I can't just maximize. I can't even maximize my time with the company right now. Right? So, most often than not, people reach out. My tendency to look at, look, hey, can I really add value, or it's just going to be, uh, you know, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs make a mistake of, you know, uh, asking for help. Right? It's not uh, asking for help from a point of view of. Hey, bail me out or help me out or I'm stuck here, right? I, I really can't. The only person who can bail you out is yourself, right? You yeah. understand the situation very, very well, right? I could be a sounding board. I could be a bouncing board. I could I could give you contextual understanding of what happened here, what happened there, the thumb rule, data. But the entrepreneur has to really, really understand situation, understand opinions, understand different perspectives and make their own decision, right? So... Use me as a sounding board. Use me as potentially understanding situations, but make your own judgment call. That's what you get paid for, making your own bets. Do you think, do you feel a sense of that, hey, I've achieved and I've come and I've crossed certain milestones? So what is that success for you? And 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 what's the big dream that you are seeing? So fundamentally, I don't believe in um, goals for life. Either you don't hit them and you go into you know, uh, you sort of depression or you hit them and you search for meaning of life, right? So I don't personally believe in like one giant goal, which I must hit and say, hey, I'm there, right? So it, it's life is a evolution, right? There are two kids sitting on a table. One kid has a candy and said, hey, this is the best candy I've ever got, right? The second kid says, yeah, I had it yesterday. It's not good anymore, right? No one is right and wrong, right? Life yeah. is a series of expeditions, right? Uh, both kids are right. One guy cannot be sad that he had the same candy yesterday so he can't enjoy it anymore. The other kid can't be sad that, hey, I just got this candy the first time in life. Right? So I think life is a series of expeditions. And you must lead personally. That's my personal philosophy. Lead life like that. Uh, be curious. Be experimental in personal life, professional life. Be always on this lookout for adventure. Right? So with that mindset, have a, have a mindset of expeditionist or adventurist that, hey, I must just seek more and more adventure. I, I've built a strong nose for trouble. I see trouble. I just jump right into it. Just <laughs> thoroughly enjoy the learning which may come from it, right? So so I don't count uh, success or I don't think that way because it's just not very useful. So yeah. uh, I think I think of like, hey, am I getting interesting experiences in life, meeting great people, great conversations, uh, thoroughly enjoying the learning curve, you know. So that's that's what life is for me.